0: with we- yeah. Um, I wanted to give you some presents.
1: Yes, <laughs> I've been expecting them, and you just you like
0: withholding them, my presents. Well, I didn't want to get them in the last episode. From so I got them from San Francisco when I went. I wanted to do a ghost tour around Chinatown, but I only did it on the weekends, and I wasn't there for the weekends, and I felt <laughs> really bad and sad. But I got you a collection of weird items. Please present the items. They're not as weird mm. as um, it's sounding. Mm. So I'll give you this one first because it's kind of a joint present for me and you. Huh. But I got us these little <gasps> badges. Nice. I was putting pictures of this because yeah. this is not very good podcast yeah. material. But um, little badges for us that can be our like poltercast yeah. badges.
1: So everyone knows they're ghosts.
0: Yes. They're... You may
1: be surprised to hear that on <laughs> this podcast.
0: But they're very cute little ghosties with smiley faces and little leggies. Um, they are by K Artek.
1: K Artek. <laughs> Chaotix. Chaotix. I think it's
0: a bit of, like chaotic, but... Yeah, uh, K-A-Y-A-R-T-I-C-H. Um, I'll reply to this episode on Twitter with a little link. But they're really cute. So that's the first one. And then the second one is this delightful item oh, I got reason. from a... Uh, I got from a place in San Francisco called Japantown, which is like Chinatown, but it's all indoors. The mall. <laughs> And I was a supermarket and they had a little Halloween section. So I got this piece, this this heirloom, this beautiful cursed? this beautiful piece that will forever be passed down through the generations of your family. Oh, <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> Describe what you're seeing.
1: It's <laughs> It's like a baby shaped witch with a pump jack head on a flying carpet. Yeah. I can only, I can only assume. Yeah. It's having a great time. You don't need to keep that. (laughs) Oh, no. It's going in, like, my cabinet of, like, figurines. Okay. Recently assembled.
0: I feel like you could paint it better.
1: (laughs) Just give it a a revamp.
0: Um, So I found that, and instantly thought of you. And then I got this, and I thought we could um, maybe open it together, but it (laughs) might become very boring very quickly. But I got you some Casper the Friendly (gasps) Ghost trading cards. Trading cards? Yeah.
1: didn't know he was... (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: how many ghosts there are involved f- to trade them <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I think they might be screenshots from the film oh. which I don't how know much? if I like, I haven't seen it in a long time
1: um, the Christina Ritchie isn't it? yeah, yeah. Um, I think, well, we'll have to watch it and
0: review, and review it on here.
1: <laughs> if the ghost representation is
0: yeah
1: on point shall I open them?
0: yeah do it let's find out if the in- information um they, Apologies
1: uh, for the wrestling, everyone.
0: It's okay. My memory of the film is they do really linger on the, the the concept of Casper being a dead child in a way that I don't think other Casper things do.
1: I don't remember the film very well. I remember the...
0: <laughs> I'm sorry for your presence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember um, the um, video game version of the film.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. The, 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 the
1: iconic PlayStation 1 game, which like I never completed as a kid, and then couple of years ago. I think it's in my gap, p- <laughs> gap year, so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finish this Casper video game. And then I got right to the end and then I realised that I'd missed out. I'd done something slightly older, order, so I couldn't find, like, this final thing that, like, it didn't wasn't necessary to complete the game, but, like, if you wanted 100% completion and I was just so angry <laughs> that I quit. <laughs> if you,
0: can't get, uh, if you can't get 100% in the it's Casper like, game.
1: It's a really hard game. It's like, Puzzly so sort Well it's like You go around as Casper And then like His uncles Who are also ghosts <laughs> yeah, They are his uncles Aren't
0: they I have no idea What are some guys the, here the...
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> But no His uncles the, There's like Fatso I think oh, wow Is that
0: his name Well yeah, That's what you called him sorry.
1: <laughs> I swear that's his name Then there's like the, sm- the one with the bad breath Could be called like Stinky or something And then The other one who I don't know what his gimmick is, but I <laughs> think
0: <laughs> he's just mean. Mean, yeah. And um, then they're not really appealing characters, are they?
1: No, but yeah, it's like I remember there's like this scary bit in um, the kitchen where Fatso's in there and he's like running around eating like food and he start like you have to get away from him or he or he'd eat you. In the game, yeah.
0: Because in the film, I can't remember a single aspect of it being scary. No, it wasn't scary.
1: Anyway, yes, these
0: cards. So we have a very frightening. Oh,
1: it's got a lot of descriptions in the back of.
0: Mm, I'll just read one. We won't make this the Casper trading card reading out podcast, but um, <laughs> after Casper morphs into a muscular superhero, he grabs Cat's hand and flies her out of the window into the night. Suddenly, she topples from his grip, but a moment later, he has her by the ankle as they fly into the moonlight. Bad idea! She gasps, freaking out. Oh, so do you think if you collect all the cards, and then you can read the whole film in order?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> very appealing about a dead ghost child,
1: as opposed to a live ghost mm. child.
0: So, game. The, I mean, the little badge is actually your present. I wasn't intending to buy you lots of presents. Just. But then I kept your, I like things. Tiff that much. It's totally okay if you want to throw out the Casper
1: cards. I like keeping on the old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, anyway, welcome to the Poltercast. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: <laughs> welcome to the uh, Souvenir podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm Hamish. And I'm Tiffany. And uh, we're going to read some ghost stories. Yeah. so uh, I'll go first. It's your turn. It's my turn. Yeah. Uh, okay. This
1: one, I chose it because, well, you probably might know it already, but I saw that um, the Annabelle film was coming out I
0: guess. Oh yes, yeah? I've not like, seen her single was, Annabelle.
1: Yeah, like, the... The first one came out like two years ago or something, and then they made a sequ- no, a prequel called Annabelle Creation this year, which I think is guessing is like the origin story. But the reason I decided to cover it was because the film made me really annoyed <laughs> because i because like the doll they use in the film, it's. Like, so obviously haunted. Like, you wouldn't buy that doll for anyone because mm. it just reads cursed. It's like some porcelain <laughs> monstrosity yeah. with like demonise and it looks like it'll eat your children. Mm-hmm. Whereas in real life, it's just a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. So, like, I think that's more scary because you wouldn't expect that to like do things. Like, I mean, I guess I know why they went for the more scary look for the advertising, but also like, and <laughs> maybe for copyright, maybe they couldn't.
0: Use a raggedy Yeah, maybe it's
1: a brand. But I don't know, I feel they could have not gone so obviously, like, ridiculous looking scary doll.
0: Yeah, one of the things, I'm not typically scared of dolls, and I'm not (laughs) (laughs) typically scared of, like, children and things. Um, And I'm, I'm probably more unnerved if it's a bit more, like, out of the, yeah. That said, my mum had a creepy doll, which looks a little bit like Alamel. We went to my grandmother's house, and we went up to this attic, which I hated being in. And that's my... where ghosts live. That is where ghosts live. I just didn't want to, you know, tread on their turf. And my mum said, oh, here's my doll, Weetabix. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and she yummy. lifted it out of the box with the exact, like, head knocking forward um. and eyes opening thing. It's a horrifying child. I might try and take a picture of Weetabix later.
1: Why did she call
0: it Weetabix? I don't know, but my mum had a lot of, like, I'm going to talk about my mum's haunts later, but she also had a lot of imaginary friends as a child, and she says, like, oh yeah, I, I totally one. believe they mm. were real.
1: Yeah. I had one, but I think she was not imaginary. Uh! <laughs> That'll be another day.
0: I can't deal with that. Yeah. My mum had an imaginary friend called Punk. That's pretty.
1: Mine was just called
0: Ballerina. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> scary. That is quite scary. Mm. Anyway, anyway okay. sorry, you're talking about Annabelle.
1: Annabelle, so um, yeah, the film annoyed me enough that I was like, "Well, I'll research it," and I suffered for this <laughs> because the Warrens, who are the paranormal investigatory people who are pretty famous by now because they did like amateur, feel Horror mm-hmm. and all that as well, their website is an atrocious like sin against web design, <laughs> <laughs> and like the writing is so small, and then like it says has like the whole thing, and then. Like in a completely different font, that's even smaller. Underneath it has the same story, and it's just like all these banners everywhere, and it just hurt my eyes.
0: I tried to research a ghost story last night that the background was a tiled picture that said, Your photo bucket account has run out. <laughs> oh, then, well, that's mm, the true horror. That, yeah, that's like going back into the, Anna, you, the dark ages of web Yeah,
1: putting things on a photo bucket. But anyway, yeah, Annabelle. So, <laughs> Um, so in 1970, a nursing graduate called Donna was given a Raggedy Ann doll from her mum as a birthday present, which I think is a bit of a weird gift for a grown woman, maybe?
0: A grown know. woman? How yeah, would, like, yeah. she's a
1: nursing graduate, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> and her mum's like, for her birthday, I have this giant doll. Maybe she collected them? I don't know. But mm. I still
0: think I that's mean, a bit weird. I I think that's a bit weird, but we were just playing Mario Kart and eating hot dogs, and <laughs> I just gave you a... <laughs> A little pumpkin witch on a magic carpet.
1: Okay, I can't judge Donna, but I i don't know. I question some of her decisions later in this, okay. to be perfectly honest. Anyway, she lives with um, her roommate Angie in a small apartment, and uh, she put the doll on her bed as decoration at first. <laughs> Lovely. That was when the strange happenings soon began. So this doll would, like, move into different rooms, be found posed differently than when she was left. Um, several times, she would be left on the couch, and back... She would be left. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, my writing's horrible. It's the
0: trying-to-read-your-own-writing podcast. Ate
1: the couch, and back on the bed when Donna got home. She'd be found on the couch or something after she'd been left in another room with the door shut.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So after a month (laughs) of this, the doll upped her game. She's like, yeah, she's like, okay, that's enough messing around. Time to get real creepy. They, s- they found messages in parchment paper, which they didn't even own. So oh. like, like it wasn't you no sound post-it notes, wasn't thin, like proper parchments. I don't know where this doll was up in. <laughs> <laughs> um, in childish handwriting, and messages said, "Help us and help Lou." Um, oh. So you remember who Lou is?
0: Um, I don't.
1: No, no, I mean. Oh, remember. You, you remember for future. For the future. Yeah. They would come home to find the doll on the bed again one day, which she was used to. So she was just like, this had been going on, and she was like, oh, I won't do anything. Like, I was to perfectly fine that my doll keeps reappearing on my bed.
0: This is the part in ghost stories which I get worried about when it's like, oh, yeah, this, this didn't bother them. Just, like, like, how scary is your life?
1: I know. I'm just, see, this is why I'm questioning Donna. It's just like, she just, oh, yeah, the doll's there again. <laughs> so she suddenly felt afraid and noticed something that looked like blood, was on its chest and hands, for the doll oh. so it had been doing something up to something while she was out
0: <laughs> but it, lo- it only looked like blood
1: yeah, I mean, ketchup or something so we eating hot dogs like us
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> the dolls been eating hot dogs, okay that's fine as
1: so long as it's not killed anyone so even though this thing had been uh, moving around and writing letters for a while she still didn't do anything get rid of it <laughs> But she, the blood scared her So uh, yes. she finally contacted a medium Instead of just, you know, throwing it out
0: <sighs> It's the contact the medium part of the story Yeah,
1: it's, 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 we've got to that point You know
0: when things are, that's when things are going well
1: Yeah So they did a seance That revealed that the spirit of girl called Annabelle Higgins Was in the doll Who uh, lived where the apartments were Before the apartments were built mm-hmm. And um, she was found dead in the field there At age seven
0: um, Okay
1: the spirit said she felt comfort living with Angie and Donna, so they agreed to let her stay. If that's what you do, you agree to let... <laughs> I mean, I guess you'd feel bad because it's a little kid, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. i still still like, be like, eh. I mean... I guess if you Do you thought... think you could
0: ever be happy with a friendly ghost?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Could you ever have an agreement?
1: Well, I think it depends. Like, if they are living in a dark, I'd be like, okay, at least make yourself look like a person.
0: I just would have so many questions about, like, the afterlife, and, like, I'd have so many questions, but a lot of people in these stories are just like, okay.
1: No, let's get on with it, and I don't understand.
0: <laughs> don't they think about their own death and where they're going to haunt them? Like, if this is true, wouldn't you, like, get buried with a doll, or, like, hmm. you'd, like, specially buy dolls for spirits? Yeah. I don't know. I guess they, well, that's
1: probably, like, ancient people would do something similar, but <laughs> people got over that now. So anyway, back to their friend Lou. <laughs> Lou always hated the doll, and had told them it was evil, and to get rid of it. I think I'm Lou. Yeah, Lou told them this ages ago. They ignored him. Mm-hmm. This doll clearly knew that Lou did not want, like, <laughs> did not like it.
0: Because <laughs> he was saying this.
1: <laughs> and uh, Lou awoke from a recurring bad dream again one night. But this time, it was it was like he couldn't move. Perhaps like paralysis or something. Mm-hmm. But he looked around the room and saw nothing. They looked down at his leg. <laughs> that made <be> me laugh. And I so felt This is, and I quote, slowly gliding up before sl- stopping on his chest. And I'm just like, so he's got this raggedy handle like gliding up his leg. I'm just like the visual of
0: that. Like, this cute. is why in the film it did look yeah. a, bit, a bit creepier.
1: But like, even that's quite funny.
0: I don't think it's meant to be funny. It's meant to be spooky.
1: What is spooky piss? I don't know. It's the language that I found. So uh, suddenly she was strangling him until he blacked out. Mm. And then apparently, this made him certain the doll was possessed.
0: <laughs> because, it strangled him as yeah, he asleep.
1: You know, confirmed. <laughs> so uh, later, Lou and Angie were getting ready for a road trip the next day. And the apartment was quiet until they heard rustling from Donna's room. So she was out. (laughs) Just like Donna, like, sorting her room out.
0: Opening up her Casper trading (laughs) cards.
1: And um, they thought someone had broken in, so uh, Lou went uh, to Donna's room and uh, turned on the light once the rustling had stopped. And saw nothing apart from the doll on the floor. Mm. Looked around again, fourth entry, nothing. As he got close to the doll, he had the feeling someone was behind him, and he span around. No one was there. But then, exclamation mark I wrote, Lou grabbed his chest and was bent over, bleeding. Yeah. What? He opened his shirt, and there were seven claw marks three vertical ones, and four horizontal that all burned.
0: Oh!
1: Yeah. It's really <laughs> disgusting. Uh, I
0: don't know it's what like, to say.
1: No. And then, um, but apparently, it just like, healed after two days, which I think.
0: Oh, and did he go, okay, that's fine.
1: Well, I think <laughs> Lou was always a bit. Okay. Like, obviously, not, well, yeah, scared. But, but um, Donna and Angie were like, well, I suppose
0: we should do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're killing Lou.
1: Yeah, so um, they decided Annabelle was an evil spirit and to get help. So they contacted an Episcopal priest. I don't know, like, Episcopal, Episcopalism? It's a um, type of church. But I don't know what the difference, like, what kind of...
0: He was probably the cheapest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably. He was called Father Hegan. Then <laughs> Father Hegan was like, nope. So he called a guy called Father Kirk.
0: You tell a lot of stories about <laughs> priest people calling other priests. I
1: know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a theme. They just don't want to deal with anything. <laughs> Father Cook was like, also like, nope. <laughs> so contacted the Warrens. We'll probably be used it at some point because they've done quite a few. Yes. Things they're like in that was it Harry Price? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sort of these people who go around solving and it paranormal <laughs> <laughs> problems.
0: They get paid. Yeah. Let's just say.
1: Um. So he walks in. I mean, they walk in and they're like, doll is not possessed. And I'm mm. like, Are you sure about that? <laughs> and they're like, it's not possessed, it's just being manipulated by an inhuman presence, which is totally not the same thing as being possessed, according to them.
0: Okay. Which I don't
1: really understand the difference.
0: Maybe they mean it's being sort of like puppeted rather than something's actually inside it?
1: Yeah.
0: Seems um... like a small distinction to make. Mm.
1: So, according to them, spirits can't possess inanimate t- um, objects, but they can attach themselves to places and objects? Mm-hmm. Which? Attaching? Possessing? Like...
0: It's It's all details Let's get to the evil spirit
1: The spirit was not looking to, to stay attached to the doll but to find a human host yeah. So apparently if they had uh, carried on not contacting anyone because they're stupid
0: <laughs> I was trying to get inside Lou
1: Yeah, like it's, if they'd left it another two or three weeks, someone would have been possessed for a slash harmed Word slash, you killed. (laughs) Good notes. (laughs) Apparently it was in the uh, infestation stage, and the next stage would have been the complete human version.
0: These are all the different sequels to Annabelle.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I got the uh, script from Warner Brothers or whoever (laughs) As uh, doing those. So at the end of the investigation, the Warrens were like, okay, father, who apparently hadn't completely noped out the room. (laughs) can you recite us an exorcism blessing and uh, i've got a quote from ed warren here about the about the blessing it says the episcopal blessing is the of the home is a wordy seven page document that is distinctly positive in nature rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling the emphasis is instead directed towards filling the home with the power of the positive and of god so i mean if you don't believe in god i guess you're screwed
0: okay. um, i totally believe in god
1: Yes. Sure thing. Um they did that and they took the doll away. And then they were like <laughs> I mean I mean they could have done that in the first place.
0: Yeah, it did seem that I didn't know taking the doll away was an option. <laughs> Just right. been it.
1: So they were like <laughs> So they're taking this thing home, they, they didn't wanna cause any They like well it could still be in the doll.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd put it in the back seat and I'd put it, <laughs> strapped it in. Child seat <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that doesn't make it creepy. And uh, just looking at it through the wind, like the yeah. wing mirror, or whatever.
1: And um, they were driving; they didn't want to risk driving on the interstate, so uh, they went. They went. I don't know the back way or something.
0: Just through the dark Yeah. Walls so then. in case,
1: of, in case spirits were a bit cheeky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> he was right. The car swerved at dangerous curves and stalled at corners, making the power steering and brakes fail It kept on almost colliding Ed had have enough and took out some holy water from his bag and doused the doll in the sign of the cross and it stopped messing around
0: It <laughs> stopped messing
1: <laughs> That was my words um, They got home and for some reason Ed felt You know, this, this doll isn't creepy enough and, you know, I'm not going to like burn it or something. I'm going to put it in the chair next to my desk.
0: <laughs> people, are, are, people are treating it too much like a person. Like, sitting it in things.
1: It's like, stop, it's not a toddler. Just spun it in the trash. So, um, it, uh, so after doing that, it a few times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: And in that. And then it started showing up in different rooms around the house, like it did at his old house. Mm-hmm. One day the Warrens went away and left it locked in the uh, the outer office building. But when they got back, <laughs> it was sitting in Ed's easy chair, <laughs> just chilling. It also hated all the clergymen who visited. Um, apparently, a Catholic exorcist called Father Jason Bradford visited. He picked the doll up and said. You're just a ragdoll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. That's one thing you better not say.
0: <laughs> Where was he found?
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine, who is the uh, the other warren her, she was worried after this. And uh, so when he left an hour later, she uh, begged the father to carefully drive home and call when he was back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Many hours later, Father Jason's brakes failed as he was entering a in- intersection. And he was involved in a nearly fatal accident driving in by driving his car into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I think.
0: I'm not laughing at driving his car into a tree, I'm dra- I'm laughing at
1: Maybe not a tree, but he drove into something.
0: He drove into something.
1: I Can't read my own writing again, I'm sorry. <laughs> so after this they put in they have their museum mm-hmm. in a uh, I think not know, you know. Okay. It's called like, the Warren Occult Museum or something. And um they have the doll there, and you can go visit it. And they've locked it in a, a special case. I don't know what makes it special, though. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, it must work because it doesn't escape. Like it got through the other locked door. Mm. So this case by that like, hope to run or something. I don't know. And but it hasn't moved since. But has caused a death. Oh
0: my god! Mm.
1: So like a young man was visiting, and he banged on the case, insisting the doll to scratch him. Because he wanted to be scratched. Because he's an idiot. I mean, sorry not to insult the dead hair but I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, not the wisest Call of action near a cursed doll. <laughs> if I'm, um, you know, just, just, just throwing that out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Ed told him to leave. So on his way home with his girlfriend, he was driving on his motorbike and. Oh no, these are the people who went into a tree. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They crashed into a tree.
0: Okay.
1: The ma- the guy died, but his girlfriend was hospitalised for over a year. I think, and that is the last, of the harm, as far as I know.
0: I didn't actually know anything about Annabelle or whether it was based on a true story. Yeah. You can buy haunted dolls on eBay. Yeah. Um, but you can buy a haunted anything. Yeah. Haunted. Haunted Furby. That'd be that'd
1: be scary.
0: All, all furbies are wanted uh, That's
1: true, they they come with a soul <laughs> Already in, extracted from a graveyard
0: Yeah, okay Should I tell my one?
1: Yeah
0: Okay, my one's quite short um, I also think it's quite famous When I googled it, I found quite a lot of stuff for it um, But it is the tale Of Lord Dufferin And the ghost from the future
1: No, I haven't heard that either
0: Okay, do you want to see Lord Dufferin? Yeah There he is
1: Oh, but is he the ghost? No. He's the
0: well, he's the He's alive in the story. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Maybe he's a ghost in another person's story. <laughs> uh he's just a, a you know, a chap, a black and white chap. I'm sure it was in colour in real yeah. life. Okay.
1: <laughs> he was just walking around completely <laughs> monotone.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's quite frightening. Uh Lord Dufferin was um well, his full name is Frederick Hamilton Temple Blackwood, first Marquess of Dufferin, wow. but let's just call him um, Duffs. Um, so, Lord. Is he an old Duffer. <laughs> uh, what's an old Duffer?
1: Like an, like you know, like like an old
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, then. <laughs> uh, maybe he's the inspiration for the word. Okay, Lord Dufferin was a nineteenth-century British statesman. He spent most of his life travelling the world. To Canada, Syria, Russia, India, etc. Um, one night, he was staying in a friend's estate in Ireland, um, and he couldn't sleep. So he got up and went to the balcony, which overlooked some fancy gardens.
1: Mm-mm.
0: This is much more story based.
1: Okay. Why am apologising?
0: <laughs> On the balcony, he noticed a strange, a strange misshapen figure struggling around in the darkness of the gardens. Oh. It looked like a hunchback of some sort.
1: I well, just Sh- been reading Victor Hugo before bed.
0: So. <laughs> shambling towards him, step by step. <gasps> I liked. I was proud of the word "shambling." So
1: that's a good, any, any spooky things. Shamble.
0: Mm-hmm. And as Dufferin squinted to get a better look, the the thing took a step into the moonlight. Mm. The figure wasn't a hunchback. It, but it was carrying something.
1: I was carrying
0: <laughs> um, it was a hunchback. It was a man who Dufferin described as the most hideously ugly individual he had ever seen. Gaunt and corpse-like. And on his back, he was carrying a coffin. <sighs> Dufferin was terrified, but managed to shout out, What are you doing? <laughs> I assume he sounded like. The man with the coffin stopped, looked up at him, and stared into his eyes. And then vanished
1: oh, I'm, like, I'm carrying this coffin mate
0: What do you feel? That's <laughs> so the end story It's not It goes on Dufferin jumped back into his room Closed the door And hid under the covers Because he was a wuss um, <laughs> Now the next morning Called out <laughs> uh, The next morning He told everyone And everyone said it was a nightmare And he said Okay yes it was probably a nightmare And that's what he thought Until ten years later. (gasps) Ten years later! um, When he was the British ambassador to France, he was staying at the Grand Hotel Paris for a meeting and um, was running fast to try and catch an elevator. Um, Which the doors were closing.
1: Yeah.
0: The elevator operator was holding holding the door open for Dufferin, who then stopped before getting in. Standing before him, in the operator's uniform, was the corpse-like <gasps> man. They stared at each other in the same way they had before, and Dufferin, frozen in fear, chose not to get on the left. The operator gave a strange, suspicious smile, and the doors closed. Dufferin stood there, mesmerised, not realising, like, Mr. left. He must have left, he's late for his meeting, (laughs) thinking like, that was the man. That was the man from my nightmare. Then crash! (laughs) The elevator cables broke, and the elevator and all of its occupants, including the operator himself, plummeted to the ground floor, killing all of them. The man had been a warning. (laughs) Lord Dufferin asked the hotel staff who the operator was, and they said they didn't know who he was, because he only started working that day.
1: Not a first bad day. Bad first day on the job.
0: <laughs> yes, but Lord Dufferin <laughs> believes now that that was a premonition of his fate, wow. and that he was saved by this strange, ugly person. So this person saved his life. Yeah. And yet he still calls him the most hideously ugly person. That's he he
1: rude. Don't judge other people. <laughs> they could save your life.
0: That is actually the story, though.
1: That's
0: good. I'm sorry it's so short. I enjoyed it. I tried to embellish the whole, like, shambling <laughs>
1: been a few, you know, extra adjectives
0: in there You can tell how long a story's gonna be when we talk about, like, he stopped and fit or, <laughs> okay, so ten years later, blah 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 Okay So yeah, that's all different, and that's another one which I remember reading as a kid and there was a spooky illustration Um, I will be putting these on the Twitter, but Um, there's one, and then it's very small, but there's another, like
1: I like that one because he looks like he's just like having a stroll, but with a coffin on his back.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Just, like, he's must be very strong. Out of the coffin? Yeah, out of the coffin. <laughs> Oi!
1: Just it's a backpack.
0: I'm just carrying my coffin around the gardens. Um, yeah, so that's my story.
1: That was good.
0: Um, we have time to either, up to you, read an email mm. or listen to my mother telling her real-life ghost stories.
1: I want to hear your mum's.
0: Are you happy to sit back and listen to this? Yeah. Okay. Um, My mum saw a ghost. She actually tells two stories. Maybe I'll save one for the next time, because it's quite long. But um, here's my mother. And so when people say like, oh, do you ever have a haunting? Mm. I think of this one because I didn't see it, but it was so much a part of my childhood of me Hearing the story, that it kind of—I think it shaped me into the spookophile I am today. Today, so here we go, Mother Hamish. That's my <laughs> name. So, hello, hello. I am joined by my, my mother, Charlotte Steele. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. <laughs> And my dad just ran past the window in a white sheet <laughs> so that set the mood um so you have a couple of little ghost stories that one of them in particular shaped my spooky childhood um, and I wanted you to tell them
2: right well the first one I said would happen in the autumn of 1969.
0: Mm -hmm. and somewhere of spooks
2: yes and it was on the suffolk norfolk borders and it was set really it happened on metfield aerodrome metfield aerodrome had a rather sad reputation i wouldn't say spooky reputation but some sad things that happened there it was an american um ref base during the second world war for bombers Mm-hmm. And there had been a large explosion there, where um, one of the bomb dumps had blown up, and five airmen had been killed. And people used to say they could um, see the airmen, but that was no one had actually ever seen them. But the sad reputation was that um, when it was discontinued as a airbase, um, people had sort of gone there to commit suicide. Um, and also a a young daughter of a local farmer had fallen into a water butt there and drowned. So it had a really sad reputation. Anyway, the night my mother and I were driving across the aerodrome, um, it was dark, um, as I say, it was late autumn, probably about half past eight at night, and there was a very narrow road that ran across the aerodrome as a sort of shortcut. And... Because it's so narrow and single track, there were parking bays so people, other traffic could pass. I would say every 500 metres or so. Anyway, my mother and I set across the aerodrome as normal and we could see a car coming in the distance. And we thought, right, okay, we better find a passing bay. Anyway, we weren't anywhere near one. So we, this car kept on coming towards us and towards us and we thought, well, what's going to happen? My mother wasn't very good at reversing, so we thought that wasn't an option. (laughs) Any excuse to throw under the bus. (laughs) Particularly in the dark. So we sort of stopped the car Mm -hmm. and thought, well, maybe they have a passing bay, the other car, but he didn't flash at us or anything. And it came nearer and nearer and nearer to us. And then finally it was right upon us and we realised we were really large headlights. And suddenly this car sort of went over to our our right to avoid us, but we knew there was no passing bay there, we knew there was just a ditch and a ploughed field, and we thought, what's going to happen? There's going to be a crash. And as he came past us, we realised it was about a 1936 old Rolls-Royce, a Phantom Rolls-Royce, with those huge headlights, and the driver... He was completely bald in a white shirt and dark suit, but his head was a completely illuminated, a sort of greeny yellow color and he just floated past her. There were no bumps, he didn't he wasn't driving on a, on the curb. He just floated past us. And when he'd gone, my mother and I just looked at each other. We didn't say a thing because we both knew we had seen something quite extraordinary and out of the ordinary and not of this world and we just kept on driving and then when we got home we both said did you see what I saw and we said exactly the same thing that we had both seen this that the car had just floated past and we thought oh my god Anyway, shortly after, <laughs> my mother had gone to contact, um, well she knew someone, a local historian, and so she, t- he, she went to him and said, oh this is what we saw, and he said, on no account must you ever drive across there at night again, I don't want you going anywhere near the aerodrome. Now, a couple of years later, we were very concerned because two of my friends were doing the Duke of Edinburgh Award, and one of the things they were told they had to do was camp alone on Metfield Aerodrome. <laughs> what? And my mother said, there's no way that two 16-year-old girls, they're allowed to camp there alone. But we wanted them to get their Gold Edinburgh Award, Duke of Edinburgh Award. <laughs> So at dead of night, we were very brave. We went to pick them up from their tent. And then we deposited them back there at half past six in the morning. I never knew this bit. So no one would know that they hadn't actually done their Duke of Edinburgh award. And I do say the three of us all felt very guilty when they went to collect their gold Duke of Edinburgh because they hadn't actually camped on that field Aerodrome by themselves. Yeah, but
0: you don't want them to get s- stolen by a ghost.
2: Well, it wasn't just there, but we knew, you know, what happened if... Because people did go out there and sort of kill themselves. Mm. It just isn't a nice place to be.
0: But I like how you were told never ever to go over again, and then a few years ago I said, Can we go? And we did.
2: <laughs> well, yes, yeah. But that was in daylight, I think. No, no, we in... went. Did we?
0: I remember. It was very foggy. It was exactly how I remembered it. I know,
2: but you know what I'm like on Halloween, don't
0: you? What are you like on Halloween? Well,
2: I used to dress up your playroom and do the witch's table. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah. that's true. Yeah, You came to pick me up from school on Halloween with. A witch's nose and wart and everything and on, and I didn't, you, make, I didn't notice, <laughs> I didn't acknowledge but at it. The
2: witch's table, I've always done that for you.
0: You're a very, you're a very Halloweeny. Yeah. So. Um... Anyway, we go on and talk about other stuff. Oh, there is another ghost story she tells at the end, and I'll maybe do that in a different episode because I do think it's interesting. You can tell the tone of her voice; she gets actually spooked when yeah. I remind her about that. Um, yeah, that's my mum's ghost story.
1: That's generally really, really creepy.
0: I know she does it better than we do. <laughs> she uh, replaced me. Yeah, no. I'm not gonna do a podcast with my mum. <laughs> should we say that's it? Yeah, that's, I
1: think that's all I have to offer today. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm spooked out. Just all right. That car. Um, find us on all the things. Yes. Uh, we are the Poltercast the... at Twitter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and at the Twitter
0: Poltercast. At gmail.com? Yes. Send in your spooky stories and we'll read them out. Yeah. Send in your recordings.
1: Oh yeah, that'd be good. See us us using our mouths to read. (laughs) (laughs) So we can be extra lazy.
0: Yeah. Alright. Bye. Bye.